Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. After you have seen someone have a child, I don't think there's any boundaries as to what is inappropriate. Yeah, he's probably seen things that you've never I seen. I can guarantee you he has. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he know me better than I know myself. <laughs> Before they get in your Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery. And listen, we have some fun ones today. We have Erin Ashley Simon, who is the co-owner of XSET. And she also is a host, a producer. She has the show Gaming While Black. Super dope. And then we also have Rashid Newson, who is the executive producer of Bel Air on Peacock. We love that show. Love everything about it. Drop some dope nuggets. And then we talk a little bit about the do's and don'ts in dating. What do you do early in the relationship? that maybe you don't necessarily do anymore now juju comes through to give his input the most eligible bachelor it's gonna be fun just summing up all the things that happen in sports tap in let's go what's up everybody tapping in just got home from new orleans We've been traveling for about a week and a half now, so it's good to be home. And while in New Orleans at the Final Four, I was covering the Final Four with CBS on the men's side. And then during that time, tapped in with the homie Swin Cash and Lisa Leslie for We Need to Talk. And Swin Cash messed around and got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, she's going to be inducted in the fall, but the homie is in. So two Hall of Famers I was just rolling with. It was lit. And speaking of the Final Four, we now know the champions have been crowned. The Nets have been cut down. Don Staley and the Gamecocks have won on the women's side. And Kansas Rock Chalk Jayhawk won on the men's side. I'm telling you what, we were there. We were in the building for the Final Four in New Orleans, and we got a chance to see the UNC versus Duke game. When I tell you, you could feel the energy. It was electric in there. The fans were turned up. As everyone knows, it was Coach K's possible last game, and it ended up being his last game. And everyone was a little sad because it's tough to watch somebody in their legacy, but to just be in the building with all the fans, 70,000 people in the Superdome, 70,000 people cheering on that game. It was electric and might have been closer to 80,000 actually but long story short there was a lot of people in the building and then to that point we all did our brackets we picked our challenge our last four challenge that we did here with Mocha and we picked our winners and so I have to give a shout out to my guy Roy because he not only won one bracket he won on the men's and women's side on the men's side he was called your mama picked my bracket that was his username of course that was Roy's username and then on the women's side it was your mama filled this one out too so I gotta give our producer Roy a shout out because he killed it on the brackets I don't know how to feel about that but 
Anyways, I digress. Moving on to the NBA, the playoffs are coming up, and it looks like the Hawks are about to secure a play-in game, which means numbers 8 through 10. They have to play into the actual playoffs, so the Atlanta Hawks will be in that game. And on the baseball side, sticking with Georgia, shouts to the Braves, the world champions. It's opening week for baseball, so they're going to release their banner, their championship banner. There's a lot happening, and we're going to stay with Georgia because it's popping in Georgia, as you guys can see. The Masters is happening in Augusta, Georgia, and no one thought that this could actually be possible, but Tiger Woods could possibly be playing in the Masters. He said he's going to play, barring that his body, no injuries, he's feeling okay, but the fact that just in the amount of time that it took him to recover from a car wreck that People said that he could have almost lost his life. He could have lost his leg. And now just a full circle turn and he might be playing in the Masters. Incredible. If people didn't realize how tough and amazing talent that Tiger Woods is, it's on display in the fact that when I was watching him just hit balls as a practice, I'm like, how is it possible for a guy that couldn't even stand up without a cane months ago? So... And just to talk about Tiger Woods and what he means to the sport of golf, he had a practice round. And we talking about practice? He had a practice round. And the number of people that showed up for that practice round, you would think that that was the last hole and that that shot was to see who won. He turns out numbers. That's what he means to the sport. It's really crazy. Like, I'm telling you right now, Tiger Woods is a gym, and this may be the last time that people get to see him play, so they're showing up in droves. Just incredible, 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 exciting things. And if you're not a sports fan, I always apologize, but there's a lot of things going on that's popping where sports intersects culture. So we're just trying to be your, let's call it cliff notes for sports. We don't tap into it too much, but we just give you a little bit. Just give you a little some, some, okay? Let's go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so listen, this story is so crazy. A singer was hospitalized because she wouldn't pass gas in front of her partner. Now, listen, most people call it farting, but when we grew up, <gasps> exactly. See, that was a that was a bad word in our household. We weren't allowed to say the words fart. We weren't allowed to oh say butt. Gosh. You had to say your hips. You know, like there were certain words in our household that no we were just allowed, we were just not allowed to say because they were just in a, like, why, Snug? Why were 
weren't we allowed to say those words again? I don't know. Uh, I just didn't think they were ladylike or inappropriate. So yes, those words were apparently <laughs> inappropriate. So a singer was hospitalized after not wanting to pass gas in front of her partner. Now, Snook, how long have you been married to Diddy? Uh, well, we've been together since 1972. Wow. wow. Okay, so I know y'all letting the gas fly over oh, there. No. Cole, how oh, long no. have you, Cole, how long have you been married? I've been married 21 years. I've been together for 24, maybe, I think, 24, 25, 26. Wow. Okay, 26 so years, you, we, know years, it's, we know it's funky over there. Oh, now, yeah. me, and my, me and my baby. <laughs> Me and my baby, we going on our, what is it? On our two-year anniversary. So it smells good over here. We use poopery <laughs> over here, oh, okay? <laughs> we oh, use poopery over here, okay? Paul said he's logging off on the chat. <laughs> 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 so for us it's probably not the what things do you not do in front of your partner but i want to ask you guys what are some of the things that you used to maybe do in front of not do in front of your partner that now it's like oh boy please get out the way we murray murray oh gosh well after you have seen someone have a child i don't think there's any boundaries as to what is appropriate inappropriate that that kind of goes all the way out the door but i don't remember anything that specifically yeah, he's probably seen things that you've never seen i can guarantee you he has oh, i guarantee you has once you have kids i guarantee you he saw some things i've never seen no, i can I tell you that right that. now yeah that's the truth that's the truth he know me better than i know myself that's not one lie detected it's like put a lineup of pictures you wouldn't be able to pick it out no oh wow i will say that having been through birth and watching somebody give birth are two different experiences oh my god that happened to me no (laughs) yeah it's a different perspective on the other side there's definitely a different perspective so cole you were comfortable right away with with, with shannon like y'all no i don't do all that that. i don't i don't do all that in front of him i mean also you still don't even no, no, I still keep it classy. No. I just cannot. I just can't walk in the room <laughs> and just rip one. I just is terrible. I can't do it. The, my kids will even tell you, like they for the longest time didn't think that women even did that because they never even heard. <laughs> they never even heard me do it. So it, it honestly, that is the honest truth. And what's so funny about this is, is that my kids also didn't think that women actually took a number two because they never smelled me after I came out the bathroom. So they were horrified when they found out their their cousin who was a girl when she actually went number two and they actually walked in the bathroom after they were like oh my god something's wrong with her you know what I, what in the anatomy is going is on my truth. poor babies it is the truth yeah but I'm so, glad they found that out before they well got now, a girlfriend that let her rip but I'm gonna tell you right now but right now <laughs> living in a house full of men it's like a bark in a kennel I you go from room to room and it's just it don't even matter where you are it's like a bark and a kennel I just tie it tie you get tired of it that's impressive though Cole 21 years deep and still keeping it classy never trashy no I don't do that Snooka you what like are there any things that you used to not do in front of Diddy that now it's just like baby it's been 40 plus years shop (laughs) oh my goodness now this is a comedy because i am crying (laughs) there was never a more truer statement that was told now snookabooka has i'm not going to call it like a problem but you do have a little addiction when it comes to shopping i think i don't know what you would like to call it but it feels like an addiction because snookabooka will now not send her shop like the things that she buys 
she doesn't send it to her our house anymore. She'll send it to my sister's house <laughs> so that they can hide it until she can come get it so that Diddy doesn't see what she bought. Now, Snookabooka, explain yourself. Mm. Yes, please. Oh, well, you know, uh, sometimes men, and maybe that's too general of a statement, but sometimes men don't quite understand the things that are necessary for a up-and-coming professional woman uh, to have and how she should look on a daily basis. And so <laughs> that was very important to me. So and rather than upset him, I went around him. And But now, like, it's not a problem anymore. So It is wow. a problem. You have yourself going to Shay's house. It's a problem. <laughs> I was just about to say, is it not a problem or is the problem hidden anymore? First of all, we know about this because when we were younger... <laughs> and this is the truth. We would go shopping from sun up to sundown. And <laughs> literally, we'd be gone for probably eight to 10 good hours. And we would get to the house, and dad was at the house, and he was probably, we would try to scope it out by where the, the light was in the house. Okay, he's downstairs in the basement. So then we would grab our bags and run from the front door. <laughs> all the way up to our bedrooms and throw the bags in the closet go downstairs say hi to dad we would give daddy a kiss hang around with dad for a little bit then go back upstairs and try on all the stuff we just bought yep. again <laughs> so this is not anything new <laughs> nothing we were new. taught this behavior at a young age loved and it we, it was so much been, fun and snook has been hiding her shopping since so i guess that is something now that's changed from the beginning to where you are at this point hey, that's my shop shopping partner right there right oh, yeah. snook and serena definitely can be shopping partners because i do Every not shop when, in when stores she we come yeah. to the mall when i go over there we go shopping we love we love shopping together <laughs> i got that from my mom too i think she she could shop for hours i don't know i, I think the quarantine kind of broke that a little bit i remember one of the things i was doing like my quarantine confessionals i blew my nose in a towel when i was doing the laundry and then renee came in and saw that and i was mortified i was like oh and renee's like i didn't know what was renee was like, Yo, did you just blow your nose in a towel? And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> May Grant remind you, this was the time where toilet paper was hard to get. <laughs> just FYI, people. Okay. But, yes. So then, so then uh, we're like, so after that, you know, it wasn't really much that could embarrass me. And that was before we got married. And after that, you know, it was, we don't, I mean, I, I, the whole, just the whole gas thing. We still try to keep it classy too, Cole. Keep it classy, never trashy. Well, let me tell you, not everybody was happy about this anatomy lesson because my <laughs> husband was like, this is ridiculous. This is good. This is ridiculous. When they get girlfriends, they're going to be so disgusted. Exactly. And I was like, look, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. That's, that's their problem. That's the girlfriend problem. Now that's not my problem. So, well, you see, then you can be the mother-in-law that your grandmother was when, when your dad used to be jokes, a big jokester about it. And then my mother-in-law asked me, didn't I know? I said, didn't I know? No, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting is we got our guy Juju he's on here right now Juju can you pull your camera up and, and pull up to the set uh oh put him on the spot we want to hear from a guy's point of view you know we're all women in here so Juju okay ATL got the braves and everything on <laughs> this is our guy Juju he's a part of the Lebertard and Friends network everybody knows Juju so Juju we saw that a singer you might have seen it on Charlemagne the God's account because we heard a singer 
had to be hospitalized for not wanting to pass gas in front of her partner. What are your thoughts if a girl lets it rip right there in front of you? How you feeling? <laughs> if a lady is willing to hold her fart in for me, she might be wifey. Be wifey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. For me. And you end up in the ER. You're going to have to marry that girl, huh? Get on with me. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so that's like showing that oh she cares goodness. that much. But what if she just can't hold it in and, you know, like she's just letting it go whenever it comes? How would you feel about that? Is that like normal? Is that what people do? What is it like in these streets? You asked the wrong question. You should have asked Kat if that ever happened to him. Oh, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> He's like, I can't go there. Uh, no, ma'am. And I was beat that poop demon. <laughs> but uh, I think it's like uh, baseball. Three strikes and you are out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> but do you pass gas in front of her, though? Oh, nah, nah, nah. That's, that's oh, so y'all oh, both keep it classy. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So this go. is like, okay, so nobody's doing that anymore in front of each no. other. Somebody's doing it. <laughs> it's not us. Somebody's doing it. It's just not us. We're just not the ones. We're not the ones. We're not the ones. <laughs> we were raised by ladies. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. Yes, so, yes. Ju, I got another question for you. What, when you first, because this is all about like, the things that you would not do in front of your whoever. What is a deal breaker for a woman that she does it in front of you? It's just like, nah, sis. Like, is it blowing your nose in a towel? Would that be a deal breaker for you if you saw your girl do that? <laughs> nah, that's, I would definitely not. <laughs> no, that's not a deal breaker. Thank you. Okay. Because Renee looked at me like I was just the most disgusting, like... <laughs> But Roy said, y'all know not to ask me. I'm trying to maintain a happy home here. <laughs> Roy, <laughs> you better We're not going to put you on the spot or your wife like that, Roy. We're not going to do you like that. Yeah, not. What's the deal breaker, Jude? Because I think that you're one of the most eligible bachelors out here. I'm just saying, every time I see you, you dress from head to toe. <laughs> you got a good job. You got yourself together. So I'm trying to see what a most eligible bachelor would think about these things. Check your cash out for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But uh, anyway, uh, we were talking about um, the do's and don'ts, the, the the cross the lines. You do that in front of me, is over with? Yep. Oh man, ruin the movie. Oh, oh what? Spoiler, spoiler oh my God, alert. Spoiler alerts too. and you're over? <laughs> you ruin the movie for me? I don't even want to be around you. I can't. <laughs> he said, get out. <laughs> you know what? I'm so glad you said that. Serena, how do I feel I, about that? I was that? just saying, Renee hates that. She does not like that. Like, I was, you know, I, I'm I'm the type of person that I was just like, hey, just just tell me. Tell me the plot. Just tell me. I want to know. I want to know. And she's like, you better not even mention. I don't even want to read the description, the nothing. Just play it. The description gives it away. So if the next episode's coming up, I don't want to read the description because they're going to tell you everything that happens. Yes, She'll read parts. it out loud for all of us to hear. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then if she's seen something before I've seen it, she'll be like, oh, watch this part. Make sure you watch this part. And I'll be like, 
and she's actually uh, gotten on her dad about it. He's really bad about it. Oh, my diddy. He'll say, watch this part. Boom, here it comes. <laughs> no. That's his favorite word. I love watching movies with Diddy. Like, don't tell me where to get excited because now I, like, I missed the whole element of surprise. Watching <laughs> movies with Diddy is so funny because he always knows, like, a part when something's about to happen and he'll be like, boom. Boom. And, I, boom. <laughs> and meanwhile, it didn't even boom until four booms later. Here it comes now. Here it comes. Boom. <laughs> so, so, Re- Renee feels your pain on that, Juju. She hates spoiler oh, alerts. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes. I, it always sounds like a lie. Everybody think I'm lying. But I haven't watched the commercial like a movie trailer mm-hmm. uh-huh. the movie Deja Vu with Denzel Washington what wait why on the commercial he said to the girl what if you had to tell someone something but you knew it would change them forever so I was like okay it was a memorable line I go to the movies I'm seeing the movie he hanging off a cliff about to crash or getting tied up I know he ain't gonna die because he ain't said that yet <laughs> You're that, right. Last line of the movie. So I was like, oh man, the whole movie was ruined. So I, I see. So I'm yeah. like, You're a true movie fanatic. Yeah. If a commercial come on, I'll be like, uh, I'll, I'll mute it. If I'm at somebody's house, I'll go into this mode. Like, I don't want to see it. Wow. That's dedication right yeah. there. So a deal breaker is those spoiler alerts. Juju ain't with it, so if y'all trying to holler at the most eligible bachelor, keep your mouth closed during the movie. He doesn't even like talking during the movies. Roy just let us know that. Wait, so you don't like talking during the movies? Not really. (laughs) It gets on my nerves. It gets on my nerves. Because the perks of that is, like, for example, I went to the movies back in, whenever it came out, I went to go see Batman. And the whole time, I'm like, wait, the Joker is in this movie? Holy moly, it's Heath Ledger. <laughs> I'm being surprised by every aspect of the movie. You know what I mean? I don't know who the villain is. I just seen the last one. I didn't know the Riddler was in that one. I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you like the element of surprise. Right. It's all about surprise, ladies. It's all about- I love oh, that. You all about surprise, ladies. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, listen. Oh, my let's, goodness. I'm just going to tell you guys, holla at my guy, Juju. He's going to be back for more now because we pretty much told Juju he's going to be a part of the show because we love his vibe, as you guys can see. But I guess, listen, ain't nobody on this chat about to go to the hospital for holding in some poots no, I'm not and I that. hope that if you want to date Juju you better hold him in too because you might get a ring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming up next we have the executive producer of Bel Air which is one of my favorite shows out right now Rashid Newson. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
I'm excited, Rashid. So let me just say, Rashid Newsom is the executive producer of Bel Air. We are fans of the show, okay? I can't emphasize that enough because it's always hard when you're doing the remakes, right? Everybody's thinking, oh, no. It's not even necessarily a remake, but when you're taking inspiration from one thing and going to the next thing, there's always going to be that, oh, but the first thing was so great. So what was that like going in with those type of expectations? Well, I want to say, I mean, people aren't just thinking, oh, no. They're saying, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we hear the oh, no's. We hear all really? the people on oh. Twitter. I mean, every time, like, the trailer would come out or any sort of new promotional material, people are like, why are they going to ruin my childhood? That is what they were laying at our feet. So it's a tremendous amount of pressure. The thing that kind of I kept trying to remind myself is we love the show too. We watched it. We saw every episode. And more so than strangers and fans, we all have families. I don't want to hear something from my cousin. My cousin cousin Tanya would be all over me if I somehow ruined this. Yeah, you got to go home to people. You got to go to family reunions after this. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. No, so that's true. But it was so well thought out, Bel Air, from start to finish. The characters are the same dynamics, just so different. What was that process like? Because Carlton, we all, Carlton got on all of our nerves with Fresh Prince. And you guys found a way that Carlton, ooh, does he get on our nerves? But there's also that complexity that he's going to an all-white school and he's a black student and it's still there, but it's different. What was that like bringing those characters to life? It was all by design. Um, We looked at Carlton. We knew somebody was going to have to sort of make some noise as a character. (laughs) Because otherwise, you see Aunt Viv, you single Phil, and there's almost a nostalgic, oh, there are these people I know and I love, and they're, they're sort of familiar. Someone's got to make you sit up. And right. we, we, knew, right. and we knew that had to sort of be Carlton. And we also knew that, you know, look, he's a rich kid who grows up in Beverly Hills. Drug use is not out of the question, given his life surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, well, what if we put that first, the first thing you see, because you're in Will's POV for that pilot. If that's the first thing you see, we knew everybody would make a certain set of assumptions about him. And then throughout the season, we could peel back the reasons why he's engaging in that behavior. You know, it's crazy because as you started to peel back the onions and I tweet about it. So I'm one of the people that I tweet. Somebody tweeted to me and said, J.L. Carter said the Jeffrey switch up gold, the Ashley switch up gold, Aunt Viv so stylish. They're feeling how Jazz and Hillary actually like each other now. When you thought about the characters, is there anything that you thought, oh, we have to keep this the same? Because it looks like to me, I love that Hillary's an influencer. Everything is so different. Was there anything that you guys wanted to intentionally keep the same? Well, the love has to be the same. The love between the family. That's what everybody responded to in the original. And we thought, well, if we hold on to that, you're going to be okay. You know, Hillary and Viv can have friction but the reason there's pain there is because they love each other and they want like, like, why can't you see the way I want you to see it? Right. Like, that's what the conflict is. So as long as we just said, OK, these people aren't tearing into each other because they hate each other. We felt pretty free to take some bold swings. And you've got to if we had come out and just sort of copied the original, you're never going to be as good as the original. You're not going to do what they did as well as they did it. 
So you had to go in a different direction with this show. I love that. I love that. And so there's already been season two has been greenlit. I hope you guys have like a minimum of 10 seasons because there's so many (laughs) storylines I need to see come to life and develop. What was that like, though, for you to get that call? Like, how did you find out that you were going to EP Bel Air? Like, what, what was that whole background like? (laughs) my writing partner tj brady and i joined bel-air as co-eps and we were going to sort of be second in command this show is not easy show business is tough the deadlines are unrelenting the showrunner who hired us parted ways with the show and we stepped up into the position so you know, nine weeks into the job, it was sort of like your showrunner. Congratulations. The show airs after the Super Bowl and we need a pilot script because we're headed to Philly after Labor Day. So. <laughs> what? Wow. No pressure. <laughs> what? Yeah. And, well, I mean, the, and, you know, and this is, and, you know, you don't tell this to the bosses, but this is what I thought in my head. Well, we're sort of in a crisis moment. If you save it, you're the hero. If you can't save it, it was a, I mean, you know, it was a crisis when you got here. <laughs> yeah, listen, you had, there fault. was a built-in backstory. <laughs> you might as well go, you just go for it. You know, it can only, it's only an upside. Right. Otherwise you go, you should, let me tell you how it came to me. And it was, I mean, the question that I think bedeviled our predecessors was that mix of how far out to go and how far out to swing. And there are a lot of voices. There are a lot of people pulling you different ways. And I think TJ and I and Morgan um, just sort of said, we're going to stand on our nerve here and makes the decisions that, I mean, you know, they do testing on pilots. As you can imagine, the testing on Carlton was pretty rough. I'm sure. I'm sure. And we had to say, no, we're not going to soften him up in episode two or three. That's too soon. The audience will stick with us. It will feel more earned if we hold out and play this story across the season. That's so smart. I mean, we can see these elements when we're watching the show, but actually hearing you say it, you know, it it was so smart to do it that way because like you said, we felt like we were on, we were growing with Carlton and- and Yeah, we were mad. Just say it, man. We were mad mad in the beginning. I'm gonna tell you right now, we were mad. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, like you said, it's just, um, and Renee hit it too, just the, the, the characters are just so much more complex and so much more real to the times now is like you grow to love them just just like the old ones it's, it's, it's like you said it's like it's not even comparing them it's just totally different characters exactly yes and, and one of the things I thought was ingenious about it because we all know the song about you know I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and you know back in the day you know it could have been a little fight You, the palette really brought into light that little fight it was a big thing and, right and, it was and a that big really deal need to be right. brought out I thought yeah. And I thought you did a great job. I did too. With, with showing with showing that it really uh, it kind of gave uh, Will a whole new depth. You that know, definitely. Yes. Well, that started in the room because you you just if you're grounding it, you're going. What is going to make this mother send her only son across the country? That had to be a serious threat. And it also I liked it because it meant that you know April plays Will's mother that that character had to be street smart. She had to know, you. Met, this is the wrong person. Yeah. 
you're you're in a conflict with somebody who's not going to let it go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean she picks him up from. From, from straight the up from the <laughs> straight to the do not pass straight go straight to the airport no clothes no drawers no nothing get on this plane let's go I mean there are things you know I looked at that scene I love that scene for all the reasons there's things that are sort of unexpected when it finally goes out to the fandom and one of the reactions I saw that really touched my heart is there were women who said I should have done that with my boy oh mm. wow yeah. I knew wow. he was in trouble in those streets. I knew it wasn't going right. I should have put him on a plane, put him on a bus. I should have gotten him out of here. So it's a choice that I think a lot of people under, may have made or wish they had made. Yes, yes. You know, that's that's a yes. good wow. point to, to protect mm-hmm. their family. And I'm curious yes. because this was the birth child of the Fresh Prince. What is Will's involvement creatively? Like, is he like, let you guys handle it? Because see, for me... When it's my project, I try not to just hold it too tight. I try not to, but you want it to go perfect. What was his creative involvement? It was a lot of support and a lot of free reign. Like, I mean, all that material, I mean, we, we generate, nothing happens by surprise on a TV show. <laughs> we generate story areas and outlines and scripts and drafts and all that material goes to him for his review. And I tell people all the time, he has veto power. I'm happy to say he never exercised his veto power. Wow. Um, Congra- hey, Congratulations. Wait a minute. Let me give you a little something with that. <laughs> yeah. the, the one time I really was nervous was when we were casting the role of Will. It, you know, as you know, these things come down to like two or three final candidates and you really have to, and, and all of them talented enough to play the role. It would be different, but... It could also be successful any, to take nothing away from everybody at that level. And so we have to send this. You're like, you're sending the email and you're like, I'm about to hit send. It's going to go to Will Smith. <laughs> and, and you're saying essentially, by the way, this is the new you. you guys made a great casting choice i'm about to say he looks just in parts of it you almost see will like you see the resemblance for sure like when he makes a face he gets a set Mm -hmm. yeah it's like oh that looks like will you actually see will in him so i think he did a great job thank you thank you that that was the whole casting process probably was the toughest because it's this family it's this iconic family and you know when you do when actors do auditions they do something there's a part where they do the slate and it's supposed to just be this is my height this is where I'm from this is who represents me and on this one people would get to the slate and they would say I was born to play this role you have to cast me wow like hey this was I prayed on it and this is meant for me and I had to stop watching the slates because they became it became so emotional to have people making such a direct appeal and you know only one person's getting the job you're going to bring you're going to make one person very happy and you're going to break a thousand hearts yeah and so i just stopped watching that part because there were so many of them who looked dead into camera and said i'm your hillary i'm your jazz i've got to be uncle phil oh wow i mean so that brings me to that makes me think about the level of black excellence that was on this show. I love the casting choices for the crushes, for Lisa, for everything. I loved how you just brought it to the forefront. Hillary, yeah, she's living in Beverly Hills, but she's an influencer. Her style, the way she dressed, everything about her was upscale. You don't necessarily see that in black roles. So can you just talk about the black excellence on that show? 
Well, again, it, we're helped by the fact that everybody who was working on the show in every department was a fan of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and everybody understood the assignment. We- <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir! Yeah. <laughs> I've been on a lot of shows, and I'm telling you, season one can be a battle where everybody's not rowing in the same direction. Yeah, and and true. and this one, it was very clear. I mean, we had uh, you know Morgan Cooper, the director, did his trailer, and so we had a visual language, we had a, a style aesthetic sort of set for us. That saves you. It puts you months ahead when you're trying oh, to put a true. show together. Everybody knew from the original that the fashion was going to be scrutinized. There's no way you thought, well, we can just put a Will in any old shoes. We'll just pick some sneakers. You know you need to go out and get some Air Jordans. You yes, know. sir. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> and then with- y'all had to ship the, all the shoes to him. Like, you you actually emphasized it, like, bring me all my clothes, shoes, my yes. gear. Yes. <laughs> it came up because you thought to herself, well, you know, he, you know, because, you know, he his mother did just put him on the plane. You know, she didn't pack 20 shoes she just yeah. put a duffel bag of clothes and, and sent it so we said well let's let's it'll, it'll make him miss home and it'll just explain where are all these shoes coming from yeah <laughs> we know we ask. That was we know people will ask yes. they will yes. read us uh, you you just you just said it right now something that I noticed and because I, I noticed like like script writing and things like that is so realistic just even how you think about well yes. you know his mom wouldn't pack that many shoes so ultimately are those decisions up to like the executive producers or the director is it like a collaborative effort because there's so many moments in there where even when when I remember one part when Vivian said sorry I couldn't go pick you up from the airport I'm like that is so realistic yeah. because my mom or my aunt would tell me that I love those little touches. A lot of it starts in the writer's room. I mean, all, I mean, I have a really great job. My husband thinks that all I do is laugh up here and play all day. Because, <laughs> because it is like six or seven hours a day with other creative writers. And all we're doing is just talking about these stories and what does it mean. And, and there's sometimes where you go, okay, well, that detail is important. Sometimes I will say, I'll just be, I'll be like, well, we're not doing, we're not shooting a documentary. We don't have to see them go to the bathroom. Okay. Let's, let's like, let's move it along. But you want to get as much of that in as possible because whether the viewer realizes it or not, those things add up sort of in your subconscious. Like if, you, if, if stuff just isn't adding up, eventually you begin to lose faith in the whole story. That's true. So the, the way you can, so if you can nail as many of those down, it'll give you some room to kind of go out and be a little more outrageous at other points. Love it. And so we're not going to, no spoiler alerts. If you haven't watched it, catch up and watch it. But what are some of the things that we should be looking forward to in season two? In season two, I mean, we're, <laughs> we've got, we're going to I love have... that you laughed to start off. Because <laughs> I mean, what's great about this, and this is, this is actually the hardest, I, the hardest part about being showrunner is I've seen everything long before everybody else. And I'm horrible at keeping secrets. And I just, I just, I just want to tell everybody. And I'm just so tickled because I know what's coming. I know what you're about to see. So it's, it's, it's a great thrill for me. Um, season two, we're gonna, they're going to have to rebuild a lot of trust with Will. The way we're sort of leaving the family in the finale, he opened up his heart. He was very vulnerable here. What he's finding out, and I think this can happen to a lot of us, especially as we're around that age, we're going from young teenager into adulthood, sometimes family secrets come to light. The things that they thought they were shielding from us as children, (laughs) we finally, you got to tell us. And that can be hard to take. It can be hard to understand. I mean, I think 
Will's mother and Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil feel that they did everything in love. They kept those secrets because he was a boy and too young to handle them. But I think he feels betrayed. And so season two, we've got to mend that family back together. And I can also just, as a fun thing that I can tell you everybody also loves, which I think could just be delicious when it comes to cameos, we are talking about having like a Banks family reunion. Oh. And that is just... Wait a minute! <laughs> At the family reunion! I know y'all better bring back... Ja- I know y'all need to bring back my spirit animal, Jeffrey, because he is my spirit. I know y'all better bring him back. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, Jeffrey, okay, okay, not okay, okay, okay. Not then I'm good, I'm good. Don't even play with us like that, okay? Because we know Jeffrey was going to be the hitman help, okay? Don't even play with us <laughs> like that. Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> but that was, I mean, but that was sort of a fun thing to, to, to you know, as we were talking about the show going... What are things they're not going to expect as an audience? And I'm like, well, you expect them to be this tight. And they are. That, that relationship between Will and Jeffrey is really great. It's always tricky when you're the best friend and you're on the payroll. Yep. I mean, you know, technically speaking, you can't fire your best friend. But you can <laughs> fire somebody who works for you. And that's where we, we thought, well, we'll take it there. And then, of course, we've got to bring it back together. <laughs> yeah, got to bring it back. <laughs> Ooh, I'm ready, like, like waiting for season two. Like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, this, yes. this is one of the gifts of having a two-season order. Because I will tell you, normally on a network, if you had one season, and you're doing them one season at a time, they wouldn't let you make some of the big decisions we make. They would say, no, 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 no. We're not going. Because what if that season became the end? They wouldn't want to end it on like a dark note or, a, or some sort of discord. So because we know we're going into season two, we're, we, we can say, look, you can end it here because we know this isn't going to be the end of the story. And we can That's pick it correct. up and it gives us something to work on. It gives season two some, some momentum. Definitely. Listen, we love that we word love momentum. It. We absolutely yes. love it. And my husband usually doesn't get into watching the uh, sagas and all of that on TV. He just happened to come through the room when my granddaughter and I were watching it. And he looked and he thought, he says, you know what, I think I might want to watch that. And that's really big. That's saying a lot. He's that's a tough a critic. Lot. You don't oh, know, Rasheed. That's a tough critic a right tough there. Critic. <laughs> And I don't know I don't know who got him, but one, this became one of the things that I felt TJ and I and Morgan, I mean, when we talked about this was there's a world in which this show could have just been like the love lives of 16-year-olds and the adults just come in to lay down the rules. But we made a very conscious choice that they have to have storylines all of their own that have nothing to do with being a mom and a dad. Yes. Because even when you're a parent, you're still a person. There are other, yes. there are other parts yes. of you yes. still going on. And we felt that was important because, quite frankly, if you're talking about people who watch the original, that's the stage of life they're in now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? That's right. I mean, that's I watched right. the original. That's right. I got, I got two kids, you know, running around right now. They're on spring break, so they're, they're outside <laughs> running around. <laughs> but, so Papa's, Papa's going to be on a, on, a, on a Zoom, so I need you to not uh, make too much noise in the house. <laughs> but, like that, but having more of a storyline for the adults was a conscious choice. And it was something that, you know, it's a risk. It's a risk because mm-hmm. they're saying, well, wait a minute. Is that, are, the, are the younger audience members going to tune out when these old people get on the screen? So. They don't. They don't. No, they don't. Our 14-year-old son, he loves it. 
<laughs> and he he'll watch it with us. He'll be mad if we we had to watch it ahead because we're on the road, oh, yeah. and so he was mad that we had to watch it without him. But you brought up <laughs> you have children, and we always ask on this show because you see this is a family show. I got yeah. my whole family sitting here. We always like to ask people. You're the EP of now a viral, blooming show. What does generational wealth mean to you and your family? Oh, what it has meant most is we have more time. Mm. We are able to spend time with each other. We're able to go to events with each other. We're able to go on vacation with each other. Our daughter, who's seven, we were living in one part of L.A. and the perfect school for her was in Pasadena. We sold our house and moved so we could be closer to that school. Sometimes people would say I'm a, I'm a patient. I'm, I'm a very patient person in general, but I'm really patient with the kids. But I also say I have the time to be patient. Mm. When I think about my growing up, my parents had to get me out the door at six in the morning to get to school on time because they had to be at their jobs at the hospital or Eli Lilly very early in the morning. Anybody trying to get a child up at 530 in the morning to be out the door by six Everybody's in tears. Nobody's happy. We live five minutes from the school. If she sleeps late, I can let her sleep late. If we're halfway there and she says, I forgot my book bag, I don't have to scream and holler because it's going to be 45 minutes in the other direction and my boss is going to yell at me. I just go turn the car around. Get you it. ain't got to call into work because you the boss. So much of parental stress towards children isn't so much that you're frustrated with the children. It's because you know what you're required to do is going to get you in trouble with the job. You know, That's true. when yes. they call you yes. and say, you come and get your child because X, Y, and Z <laughs> happens, you know things happen. Your real problem is my boss is going to be all over me if I leave right now. Yes, yes. You have a work problem. You don't have a child problem. (laughs) That's true. That's the truth. That's absolute truth. So, you know, yeah, when you're the boss, you can say, we had, we, as everybody, you know, we did at school homeschooling during our uh, remote learning. That's what they called it. And it was so stressful and so bad. There were days I was just, especially especially with my daughter, I would just go, we're going to go to the beach. I love it. Okay. Just get away. Just get away. I'm not, we're not doing this today. Just get, come, we're going to go to the beach. We're going to play in the sand. We're going to be in the water. So the, you know, money, people, uh, people think about money in a lot of ways. I don't necessarily want a lot of things. I want time. And what I really love about money, it's not so much what I can do. It's what I don't have to do. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the like convenience, that. the luxury. Like yes, I'm yes. all the way with yes. you, Rashid. Thank you so much for joining yes, us and joining you. the fam. Oh, yeah. We want 15, 11 seasons, 15, yes. 11 seasons. We yes. want all of them yes. for Bel Air. Yes. We wish you nothing but blessings on your journey. Thank yes. you so yes. much. This was this was fun. I love it. Thank you. I mean, he had no reason to. It was actually, at first I was like, what are we doing? Because Carlton was just, I think out of everybody, Carlton was the one that threw me the most. Like everybody mm-hmm. else kind of fit like what they were supposed to fit. Like Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil. He was different, but he was still yeah. Uncle mm-hmm. Phil. He was still a he judge. Still he judge. went from a judge to a district he was attorney. Still, like, you yeah. know, he, he was, was still a tough uncle. Tough uncle. And then, yeah. I, I, but Carlton was, Carlton was a shocker. He was not the yeah. dancing Carlton that I remembered. I wanted to take Carlton like <laughs> back behind the shed 
and just take out that switch and just lay him wide. <laughs>
of what you might think of is what the hot you think, girl like a yes. girl. And, and, like, and, she and, and she's on scholarship. You know, she's she's not job. really one of them. She's on scholarship. Yeah, so that's a whole exactly. different different uh, aspect to it as well. Yes. So long story short, like we're saying, and I hope that you look. We didn't give too many spoiler alerts, but get into it. It's Bel Air. I hear all the time it's on Peacock. No, I don't have any logins to give y'all. Y'all gonna have to ask some other people. <laughs> but get into it. It's on Peacock Bel Air Dope Show. Coming up next, we have Aaron Ashley Simon, co-owner of Xset, as well as being an esports broadcaster and producer. And listen, she doesn't call herself a comedian, but the woman is funny. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Aaron? Thank you so much for joining the family here on Montgomery and Company. As you see around you, I have my wife, my mom, my sister, and they're all co-hosts, but they're also a part of the family business. And you have a business of your own, so you're the co-owner of XSET. So tell me about that. What is it? Who's the other co-owner? Tell me how it became yeah. a thing, because we talk business around here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm all about business, so that's <laughs> not a problem at all. So, Xset is a new organization in the gaming space, more specifically esports. And the co-founders of it, they have been in all different areas of like entertainment, fashion, and gaming as well. We have uh, Will, Greg, and Clinton. They were part of an org called FaZe Clan. They helped to build that up into a very successful organization. Greg and Will and even Clinton, they are the influential people behind Carmeloop. And then of course, if you know music, then you know Clinton Sparks. And then also Marco, who's part of our team, has been very instrumental in terms of the content side of the gaming space. And essentially what we wanted to do is that we looked at the current landscape of esports and gaming, and we felt that there wasn't really as much of a focus when it came to diversity and inclusion, and especially when it came to representation of those who are black and Latin, which I'm both. So we were like, okay, we wanted to create a, a space and an area where people can be themselves and enjoy gaming because gaming is universal but it's not universally represented in the industry you know for example like the black community we're we're some of the biggest percentage of gamers yet we're not represented entirely throughout the industry even when it comes to game development so we felt like this was an area and space that we could tap into to show that we could be both competitive and we can be diverse there's always this misconception that diversity means that it takes away from others and that's not the case it's supposed to add on to others and add into the community when you create opportunities for those who are the most underserved you are actually creating opportunities for everyone Um, and so that's something yeah so that's why we we established xset and then are continuing to build it within the gaming space 
I love that. Amazing. So you say you Latin. So I was, was waiting. What, 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 I was waiting. As soon as I heard it, I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, my mom's Puerto Rican. Uh, my mom, okay, my cool. grandmother is, um, she's from Puerto Rico. She's uh, part Puerto Rican, part Spanish, Boricua. and um, okay. my great grandmother is originally from the Taino tribe. So okay, cool. that's it. Yeah, so that's like that side. So like, yeah, y'all know the bloodline and everything. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's deep. That's deep. And you that's know, you cool. brought up family, and you're in the gaming industry. So how did your family receive that? Like when you're like, hey, I want to take this gaming world serious as a real job. Yeah. Did your family like look at you like you were crazy? No, my family actually was super supportive of it. So my mom, my dad, my stepdad. They all worked in finance and tech. They were around when the web, web 1.0 came about, right? And so that was part of their business. And so they never looked at it as a bad thing. And, you know, in addition to that, I played soccer. I was I played at a very high competitive level, played D1, was in the SEC at University of Kentucky. And so my parents were like, okay, this interest, this passion, this hobby, you got your college tuition paid for. You also got academic scholarship. Your GPA is good. So why are we going to stop you from doing something if it's not impacting your education or your sport? Like they're like, it doesn't make sense. And then my mom was always like, you know, and it varies with different Latin households. Like my mom is the matriarch. She was always like more power to women. I want to see women do amazing <laughs> things, learn as much as you can. She said she wanted to raise me to be a Renaissance woman, which is like to embrace different passions and interests. And then also, you know, develop skill sets because she was in corporate America. She had to deal with so many people telling her what she can and cannot do. My mom always instilled me, I'm never going to tell you what you can and cannot do. I will tell you it will be hard but you could do anything that you set your mind to or whatever passion or hobby you want. So I've always had a very supportive household when it came to just any, not just even gaming, but just anything that I wanted to get into. So you were that college athlete and we see now name, image, and likeness is booming and you've worked with brands already like Puma, Turtle Beach, amongst other companies. A lot of people that are trying to get into the space of being their own brand, they ask the question of like, how do you stand out to make brands attract to you? So what have you seen from from your experience? You're a crossover, what we like to call it, where you're a gamer, but you're also a, a college athlete. How have you built your brand? You know what? So interesting. I think I've built my brand by being myself. I'm very much embraceive of publicly talking about my experience, whether it's being Afro-Latina, whether it's being part of the LGBTQ plus community, whether it's being a gamer, whether it's being an athlete, I think, or even just like, I'm a big advocate and I'm also very open with the fact that like, I go to therapy uh, and I'm a big advocate of mental health. And for me, I, over time, I feel like I've been able to build my brand this sense of like being relatable and showing that like I'm just like everyone else. You know, I have a skill set. I have something I'm really good at, but I never believed in terms of like putting myself on a pedestal or like putting celebrities or people on a pedestal. I was like in my household, like you don't do that. Like you don't look at someone as like godly, like, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. So the only God is God himself, right? But right. like for me, it's understanding that people are just, when you're really good at something, it doesn't mean that you're above anyone else. It just means that you're really good at what you do. And it's, and it's important to have that humbling experience as well. And so over time, even though I've grown, you know, I'm still myself. Like even my friends from high school are like, Aaron's still Aaron. And I've never let that kind of deter from me. But because I, and living in my truth, I think it resonates a lot with people and it resonates with these brands because we are in this space of 
even though I feel like it's a buzzword, authenticity, but we are in this space of authenticity and more people want to see people being themselves, whether it is while they're succeeding or when it's when they're going through struggles, because people want to have that human connection of relatability. And I think because I've been doing that and also speaking up on important issues, it really has resonated with the gaming space, um, the brands that I work with and and more. I love that. And so, you know, you talked about being open, talking about you go to therapy. Have you seen the landscape change? I mean, so you were, co- when did you graduate? 2014. 2014. So since 2014, the landscape on mental health has completely changed. I mean, when I was in college, if you would almost not want people to know that you're taking therapy because you don't want them to look at you a certain way or different things like that. Do you think that having professional athletes like a Naomi Osaka and other women, Kayla McBride speaks out, somebody from the WNBA, do you think that that changed the landscape for you to be able to talk? Or do you think that like that you were talking about that in 2014? I mean, I feel like that definitely has helped. You know, I believe that empowered women empower other women, you know? And sometimes it takes other people to take that first step to help. One athlete that I actually always look up to is Serena Williams and and also Venus Williams and how, you know, they're in a landscape in a place that didn't want them to be there to begin with, right? But also the open and honesty that they've had throughout their entire careers in some capacity, I think is so important. And, And that's what resonated with various different black athletes that we see. And then also with the WNBA and like, even the simplest things, it's like being yourself. Like one of my good friends is Ariel Powers and like just even seeing what her up, just- Ariel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ariel and I, we met and connected through gaming, but then, you know, we've had so many conversations about like, how do we utilize our platform to help others and to like, going back to what I was mentioning in terms of living your truth, like how could that help others? Cause ultimately, you know, these things help us, but by helping us, it's also helping others at the same time. And, you know, it is important, but it's hard too, right? Because when you take that step, you're bound to get scrutinized for any for little sure. mistake because there are people out there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, no, not everyone's going to like you. And if they see you being vulnerable, they see you even a minor mistake. They're going to like rip you apart. I've, I've had moments like that, but you know, when you look at the grander, picture or the bigger picture, there's just so many more people that you can help. And I feel like sometimes negativity may be louder, but in in actuality, the kind of um, rippling effect is way more positive and it's way more progressive. I mean, we're seeing so many athletes, whether it is talking about the struggles they go through, like no one was, like you saying, no one was talking about that, like really as much 10 years ago, or just like being open about who their partners are. Like that, that was also a thing too, like, right. you know, their personal life. It's so important to do so. And, I, and honestly, like athletes have been like very, very big and pushing that. And also I have to say, gamers have been very big in terms of pushing that as well. Okay, so how so? uh, Enlighten us, like how so? Because you said it probably best. What I think about the gaming community is there is a lot of trolling there, especially for women. And to your point, it's just loud. So I don't know if it's a lot or if it's just they're the loudest people in the room. Well, I think part of it is like anything that's associated or attached to the digital landscape, there's always gonna be people who hide behind fake accounts and stuff like that, right? you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, there's people who, uh, how you say, project their own personal frustrations and issues onto other people. And they use social media as a way to vent versus as a productive tool or measure. But the one thing about the gaming space is like a lot of different gamers via streaming or just in general have been 
living in their truth. You know, some notable streamers are, for example, drag queens. Some of them are LGBTQ plus and people are okay with it. I mean, gaming is an art form that just reflects life, essentially. And so, of course, you're going to get people who are negative, right? right. Just the same way you, you, you'll find someone negative going to the grocery store, right? But because they have this platform that allows them to reach a wider audience, you also are having individuals who are living in their truths that are like inspiring and influencing the youth and letting them know like hey it's okay to be yourself it's okay to not always be okay and and i have to say like uh, i used to work in traditional sports too and i have to say like the gaming space is probably where i felt the most comfortable really? being myself compared to working traditional sports or even the music industry yeah so you're connected to all those you do music you wow so generational talent is what i will call you because i know you don't oh, call yourself that. that but you're i think you're a comedian you know i was doing a little googling before you came on here hilarious <laughs> you're funny keep going i love that Thank your you. parents enables you to do whatever you wanted. And speaking of your parents, they immigrated from Puerto Rico and Serena, my wife's family, as she talked about, is from the DR and El Salvador. But at the end of all of our conversations, I like to ask the question of like, what does generational wealth mean to you? Because for my family, you can look at the Zoom and see exactly what it means to me. Like it's everything, it's important. So I'm just curious, what does it mean to you? You know what? I actually want to ask everyone in this room before I answer because, <laughs> no, I do because, I mean, I can, I can briefly say ownership. That is generational wealth is ownership. But also what does ownership mean, right? It could be ownership of your own company, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen generational wealth via family owned businesses. We've seen generational wealth in terms of stock options, bonds, or investments in potential future companies, or even getting percentages in companies that you do work for. I mean, there's now, whenever brands or companies want me to be an ambassador, I straight up ask for stock. Okay, that's there's a nugget right there. Yeah. How bad do they want you to be a part of their brand? Well, that's the thing. And then also, like, if you're doing an exclusivity deal, you're eliminating the potential opportunity to make more money or make other money. So there needs to be a good valuation of every opportunity. So if I'm going to be exclusive for you moving forward, that means one, I am committed to your company. If I'm committed to your company, then you can show your commitment to me by giving me that stock as well, or some kind of ownership within whatever it is. And that how I have, has that right? been received? Like when you ask, do they like, girl, are you crazy? Or is it disgust? Or is it kind of like shut down? Absolutely. Or is it like, absolutely. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, people, I mean, at this point, people know I don't play when it comes to business. So like, they know I'm going <laughs> to ask that. Um, and also like, I have to give a big props and shout out, uh, if it's okay, uh, to my agency CAA. Um, my agents are so supportive. Like they really get me and they know that that's so important to me. So I, it's at a point now where like, I don't even have to ask. They do it for oh, me as part great. of negotiations. Hey, um, we're, we're, we're team WME, but yes, give you a little shout out. And do your <laughs> thug so it's okay. Hey, WME right didn't now. come to me. You know, <laughs> they could have came to me. They do gaming. You know, no, no listen, I love it. I, I love that nugget. And I know we're running uh, close. So I'm going to go around real quick. She wanted y'all to give a quick answer on what does generational wealth mean to you? So let's start at the top with the matriarch snooker booker. Well, let me just say generational wealth means to me that I can rest assured that when I leave this earth that my descendants and their descendants will be able to not start where I did. I used to teach and one of the things we taught was education was a way out of poverty. So I was 
born into poverty, I would say, and because I received an education. And when I went to school, I went to school on a free ride. I didn't have to pay for a dime of anything because we were so poor. <laughs> you know, and then fast forward to after I got my education, had my family started out. When my kids went to college, they applied for loans and financial aid. They weren't eligible. So what I say is I'm one generation out of poverty, and I don't want my kids or my descendants to have to ever go back there. So I want them to build on what I brought us out of. What you got, Cole? Um, I think it's opportunity. I think generational wealth means the opportunity to do or pursue whatever you want to pursue. And if you're already in a comfortable state of mind where you're not stressed for the next dollar that comes through, you're open to more opportunities and that produces more generational wealth. It may be able to break off into a different opportunity. Like my business may be a cooking business, but my kids, because they're comfortable, they may not want to go cooking. They might want to go gaming. They have that opportunity. So generational wealth is not just saying, passing down the same thing that we've always had but opportunities for opening up other things Woo, we were cooking Serena, baby. well I agree with all the answers education opportunity of course and with you too Aaron you know ownership and um, I love you know the representation going on you you threw a word at us over, over here you said that's not a word that's heard very often you know a lot of people need to be a little bit more educated on that and you know and the representation that a lot there's a lot of afro latinos over uh, in in the industry a lot of people are not necessarily aware of it so to me what it looks uh, what generational wealth is is entrepreneurship you know my mom she came to this country she was an immigrant she started her own business and then she became an owner and entrepreneurship is generational wealth to me wow so there there it is from montgomery and co fam <laughs> but aaron listen i mean I can't I can't say enough about how you said people know I don't play about business. Don't ever be timid about that. Don't Always change. say that like that because people <laughs> don't want you to be empowered when you're doing business. And it looks like you got all the power that you know you have. So thank you for joining us here on Montgomery and Company. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I just want to say it's so amazing to see so many women from different generations on here. And <laughs> hey, I, I loved every about. single answer that you guys had. And uh, I just have to say, like, what you guys have done before, during, now, later, like it's impacting people like me and others. So I also want to give you all thank your flowers you. too. Thank Ooh, you. It's a generational thing. Oh, thank you. It. Same to you. You inspiring us. Thank, so thank you. you. <laughs> that was lit. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, of course. All right, so I forgot to address the elephant in the room that my Yukon Huskies lost in the championship game to Don Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yes, it broke me. I was pulling hard for them, but wouldn't want to lose to anyone else other than Don Stanley in the sense of what she's doing for women's basketball. Shouts out to Louis Vuitton, Don, how she's on the sidelines bringing fashion and culture to the sport. So, shouts to the Gamecocks on winning the national championship. And then, listen, we got the number one draft pick. The number one draft pick is coming to the A. The Atlanta Dream will select the number one overall pick in this year's 2022 draft. Listen, we're turning up. It's a generational thing over here at MoCo. Let's go! Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. 
See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.